You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, Monday edition, Matt Williamson, Brian Peacock, at BB Peacock, at Williamson NFL. We are getting back into the 2021 draft ditties, as presented by my co-host, Matt Williamson. Notes on every team in the NFL, the AFC South, is up today. If you listened to Friday's show, you heard the beginnings of Matt Williamson's draft ditties. One note on every team in the NFL draft this year. We did the East and the North in the AFC. Today, we will get into the AFC South. And how was your weekend? I was expecting a big trade or some big news to pop off this weekend, and it didn't happen. So some teams, I think, just doing some housekeeping, they're, you know, Exclusive rights, free agents figuring out what to tender their players at. Some players getting cut. Some, you know, Alex Smith is is going to hit the free agent market as we expected because he has a huge cap number. He's not going to be a long term starter for Washington. So just some minor things like that going on around the league. I think there's just so much record keeping to take care of for teams around the league. And then once they figure that stuff out and 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 feel like they have a good idea of what's going on in free agency, then they might jump out there and start making some of those big trades and big moves. And I had a great weekend. I hope everyone else did as well. Great to reconvene. I thought there would be more big topics to talk about on Monday. I mean, after we got together on Friday, um, it does look like the salary cap situation is trending the right way with a big number. But I got a quick question for you. I mean, the only blurb that kind of caught my eye this morning was the Niners are asking the Panthers about Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah. Do you have a take on that? That's odd to me. I saw that too. And any of those reports sort of sends a fan base into a frenzy. And I got yeah. a lot of questions about that on Twitter. And the, the questions are always like, okay, so that means they're going to get rid of Jimmy G and then Bridgewater's the starter or is Bridgewater going to back up Jimmy Garoppolo? What, what's, you know, what exactly you're not going to pay both quarterbacks. What's going on here? I think it's very clear and it's very obvious what's going on because we've heard the 49ers connected to every quarterback on the market. I think some of the quarterbacks that the 49ers have been connected to and making calls about, and I think they have made a call on everybody who could potentially be available is because they want to try to upgrade and, and, you know, be as good as they can for the best position or the most important position in the NFL. But when it comes to someone like Bridgewater, and I think it was the same for Carson Wentz, maybe. You are not calling because you want that player. You're calling to find out what the price is for your own guy. And I think the 49ers Ah. are calling the Carolina Panthers to say, okay, what are you asking for Teddy Bridgewater so we know what to ask and add just a little bit more for Jimmy Garoppolo when teams call us? I think just doing their jobs and knowing the trade market for quarterbacks because they might be adding one and sending one away at some point, uh, maybe potentially trying to figure out what the Panthers are doing in the draft. If the 49ers might have to make a move to go up in front of them. So I think it's just collecting information right now for the 49ers. So I don't think that report is erroneous at all. And I think the 49ers would be smart to just know exactly what everything costs right now at the quarterback market. That's smart. I hadn't thought of that take because Jimmy and Teddy are on the same tier. You know, I mean, you'd be asking Similar bucks, you know, maybe somebody likes one more than the other. Personally, I think Jimmy's a a better player, but he's got more injury concerns. So, I mean, you can see why you would want to know what the cost of Bridgewater is in order to move your guy. That makes perfect sense. I mean, when I read the blurb, I'm thinking, I'm not moving from Jimmy to Teddy. I mean, that doesn't do me any good unless I don't trust Jimmy at all to stay healthy. But what I really took about it, non-49er related, was more and more, I think the, the Panthers are going to have some big name at quarterback that's not named Bridgewater. 
Yeah, there was the report last week about David Tepper, the Panthers owner. Uh, I, I, it was really strongly worded. It said he was obsessed with upgrading yeah. it, finding <laughs> a, a superstar quarterback or something like that. And I have no doubt the Panthers will be involved in and whatever they need to be involved in with the eighth pick in the draft. They have a really good chance of finding the next quarterback. I think the thing that makes the most sense, though, for the Panthers is just to you know play it cool, calm down. Draft a quarterback at eight, maybe even move up a couple of spots to make sure you get your guy. And Bridgewater's the perfect stopgap. I think they have the perfect situation set up because nobody's taken on Bridgewater's contract. I think that was a bad contract from jump, and I think the it Panthers was, are realizing yeah. that now. It's like, yeah, maybe he is more of a stopgappy guy. We gave him too much money. But, you know, he's a good person. He's a good uh, character player for the locker room. I think he's a perfect stopgap type quarterback. So the Panthers, I don't think, need to do anything crazy. They just need to naturally let this thing play out. Yeah, I think that's well said. So interesting little tidbit there, but I, I hadn't thought of that angle from the Niners. I like that thought. And, you know, there was some bit of news at the end of the week last week about the collective bargaining as it pertains to those TV deals. And it sounds like because remember, there was the report early last week or maybe it was the end of the week before about Disney, who owns ESPN and ABC scoffing at the idea of a 100% increase in their TV rights to broadcast the NFL. Well, it sounds like the league is coming really close to this new monster TV deal with Fox and CBS. And uh, it sounds like ESPN and ABC and, and Disney and that whole corporation is now on board as well. And the latest report I saw said that ESPN will keep Monday Night Football and ABC will be added to the Super Bowl rotation now for the first time since 2006. So, so they upped their dollar amount and they're going to get a Super Bowl in the rotation now and the deal is expected to come in at around 2.6 billion dollars per year just for those uh two networks abc and espn and two mil i think it's about two billion as well for fox and cbs and all them so a new tv deal is coming monster deal that is going to absolutely affect the salary cap and potentially help out a lot of teams as soon as this year yeah yeah and i just want to put it on record now that i mean everyone's talking about the floor is 180 great I'm going to take over 190 for the cap when it comes in. If the, I, I mean, if I was setting the over-under, I bet Vegas would have it at like 188. I'm going to go over 190, and it wouldn't shock me if it's like 195-ish. And this TV deal has a lot to do with it. Wow, and that's nearly getting back to the level yeah. of, of last year's cap, right? Wasn't it right around $200 million last year? So, uh, yep, exactly. Yeah. If they get close to that, boy, teams will be oh, you that know, would rolling be over and doing somersaults. Yeah. That would be huge. So, yeah, th that, that's one big thing that has to be figured out first so teams know what to do and know what their cap space is and, and can do all of the business that they need to do. So a lot of preparations happening right now behind the scenes and a lot of uh, phone calls and things. One quick note now that I think about it with the Teddy Bridgewater thing, if the only team that's being rumored that is called the Panthers about Bridgewater being the 49ers, who I think we just laid out what they're doing and why they are not actually going to be a team that trades for Teddy Bridgewater, does that mean that they're not getting any other offers? Like, is it that quiet that that's the only team that they're leaking? And I, I assume the only mm. thing that that helps is the Panthers are trying to, you know, up his trade value by leaking some of that information because it's not coming out of the 49ers front office. Is that a situation where the Panthers are leaking that to try to get some other teams involved? Because it seems like they definitely want to do something. And if there, there's probably just not a market for them to do anything with Teddy Bridgewater right now. Here's my take on that, and this goes back to the salary cap as well. I don't, I don't know if Deshaun Watson's moving or not, but I bet Tepper gets on the phone with their owner and says, "What do you want?" And he'll give it to him. Five first, <laughs> all right. I mean, I mean, seriously, Burns in four, right? McCaffrey Burns in three. Let's do it. Let's bring him back to North Carolina, to the Carolinas. 
and he is going to be the face of the Panthers forever, and we'll fill in the blanks. I think, and then at that point, and none of those things can happen until the salary cap gets set. You right. know, you can't make Dak and Watson and maybe Wilson type moves until the salary cap gets set. So once that happens, I think then you start to get more interest from Teddy. And what to your point, if you're the Bears or Washington or whomever, Teddy's not your first choice. He's your fourth choice. You know, someone's going to settle for him, whether it's Carolina keeping him and drafting a guy or they get the they land a whale and somebody comes saying, hey, we'll give you a fourth-round pick to take Teddy off your books. You know, but nobody's top goal right now is Teddy. Right, and even if you were in the market for a Teddy Bridgewater-level player, wouldn't you rather – it's definitely a stopgap quarterback for you. Wouldn't you rather just say, oh, let's just sign Ryan Fitzpatrick for a year. It's cheaper anyway, and and, you know, and everyone would know what the score is because uh, right now it's just I, – I, it's going to be hard for them to move. And that that's going to be the, yeah. probably the hardest part for them to trade for Deshaun Watson is trying to fit all that salary in, because I don't right. think they can I mean, move that's... Teddy without. I, I just I don't know if that makes any sense for any team right now with with who yeah. he is, how much it would cost. I would trade for Mariota first, uh, cheaper with you know maybe a little bit potentially uh, more upside. Not sure exactly what right, you'd be like... getting with. With Mariota, I'd rather Fitzpatrick. Yeah, guys, rather, you don't have to give a pick for, and you can sign to your contract. I'd rather be trading for Darnold. I'd rather be trading for you know if Tua becomes available, uh, if maybe the uh, the the Dolphins end up wanting to draft a different quarterback, or they want to get into the Deshaun Watson thing. So uh, honestly, I think he's one of the most difficult quarterbacks to move right now. Yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it from that angle, but I hundred percent agree. I was thinking, boy, I'd rather have Winston. I might rather. Mm-hmm. I think I'd rather have Trubisky and and see what happens. Even I don't think Trubisky's good because you're I signing least, those players at a backup level, and right, not right. Full starter and salary, ceiling, higher ceiling, right. And then I was thinking, well, what if Jameis goes to Chicago? Might Peyton want Bridgewater? But then that's in the division. You got to trade for him. You know, like Teddy uh, might be stuck in Carolina. Yeah, I have a feeling he is. Or they cut him. Yeah, and then that's you have to take that cap hit too because he just mm-hmm. signed that deal before last season, right? Right. He's only been a one-year player there, right? It was his time last year. All right, we got to have some time for some Matt Williamson draft. Diddy's notes on the AFC South coming up. So much to play out over the course of the 2021 offseason, and even though the games are over, you can still bet on most of what's happening at betonline.ag. We're talking draft today. You can bet on who the first pick, the second pick, the third pick, the first Wide receiver will be in the 2021 NFL draft. Where will Deshaun Watson get traded? Where will J.J. Watt end up? Who will win the Super Bowl in 2022? No end to things you can have some fun with and make a little money at Bet Online. And by the way, get a welcome bonus. Bet Online even covers awards and uh, TV shows, reality TV, whatever. You can find a line for it at Bet online, real time updated odds and props on just about anything you can imagine. Go to betonline.ag right now. Use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Promo code locked on to get that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Don't forget to check out Locked On Today, one of the newest podcasts here on the Locked On Podcast Network. The entire sporting world in just 20 minutes every day hosted by 
Peter Bukowski. Check it out wherever you found this podcast. So just look it up, Teddy Bridgewater's contract, Matt, to to wrap up that conversation because I want to get the information correct. If Bridgewater was to be cut, it would be $20 million of his $22 million cap number, almost $23 million cap number. $20 million of that would be dead money, but they would still save the other $3 million, essentially. So that, okay. that, right. cutting him is, is rough, but doable. Trading Teddy Bridgewater, now this helps out the Panthers quite a bit, but that means the other the new team would have to take on that $10 million of guaranteed salary this year, which is what the dead money would be for... The, or the, a new team would have to take on more money because there's a $10 million guaranteed salary that is going against the books no matter what. So $10 million of dead money for the Panthers, but they would save $12 million if traded. So trading is definitely the way that the Panthers would want to mm. go to get rid of Teddy Bridgewater. And it might be one of those situations where they have to add a draft pick just to move away from him to get a team to take on that contract. In this offseason, even more so than other offseasons with the cap number might be, you know, maybe a lot lower than teams budgeted for this time last year. That's really interesting because now I'm sitting here thinking, well, who has money? You know, I mean, anyone that needs to take on Teddy has to be a team that has some money. If I were, let me throw a couple things at you. If I were, this one's my least favorite of the three, the Colts. I just, you know, I just brought in Wentz. But if I say I'll give you a fifth rounder for Teddy and a third and make him Wentz's backup in case he implodes again, these two I like better. Same deal. I'm going to give you a fifth for Teddy and a third, something like that. If I'm New England, I mean, doesn't mean I can't draft Mac Jones. I have tons of cap space. He's better than what I have. He's efficient. Or I like this one. How about? Jacksonville does the exact same thing. You kind of mentor Trevor. You're his backup from day one. Don't get any illusions of grandeur here. And I'm going to take Minshew and trade him for a pick. I like that idea for Jacksonville. But then again, if you're the Jaguars, how about this connection? Alex Smith, who's going to be released, would sign for less money and you wouldn't have to give anything up to get Bridgewater unless you're actually gaining draft picks for taking on Bridgewater's contract and there's the connection from Urban Meyer to Alex Smith from back in their Utah days Mm -hmm. what about Alex Smith who's been uh, an awesome mentor multiple times already in his career who would come in and finish his career in Jacksonville be the backup to Trevor Lawrence there I could see that being a hit and probably preferable contract wise and salary wise and you know there's that Urban Meyer connection already for the Jaguars with Alex Smith. So even then, I think there's probably better fits for that scenario, even though that I, yeah. I, I would yeah. understand that scenario. And actually, come to think of it, maybe it's something that needs to happen and be part of the trade for the Texans because the Texans will need a stopgap quarterback if they do move on from Deshaun Watson, even if they end up you know, selecting a quarterback at eight if they trade with the Panthers. Or maybe they trade with another team and could still bring on Teddy Bridgewater as a stopgap quarterback for them. That I could see. I mean, maybe the Panthers are saying... Yeah, let's make this deal, but you have to take Teddy off our hands. And that might not be that hard to convince them because we got to trot somebody out there in opening day to take snaps. Right. And the Texans actually just released David Johnson. They wanted him to take a paid cut, right? And so he's going to be gone. Fuller's going to be gone. They already mm-hmm. they don't have a lot of cap space there either, actually. The Texans, no, they don't. despite what situation they're in, uh, their cap situation's terrible as well. And they cut Watt for that reason, too. Right. And, you know, and trading Watt. This kind of brings me to Russell Wilson, too. I mean, trading Watson, there's still a lot of dead cap there. Yeah, there's that's an odd situation. And they already paid 
signing bonus to Watson, and they want to, and you're going to want them to take on more contract for a quarterback they don't really want long term. It's tough. There's there's a lot of That's road tough. bumps in, in pretty much every direction you try to go there. This sounds like Belichick, though. I love your Alex Smith one because of the the familiarity. But Belichick says, "I'll give you a, a five for Teddy and a three. And you have to send us like another player or something we like, just to make it better for our end because we're taking on this contract that we know you can't move." But that's what I mean. I mean, I'm going to give you a fifth for a third. And oh, I'm right. Okay, so you're upgrading and getting the yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nope, that makes That seems sense. like a Belichick move. Totally, yeah. And then he's Belichick's stopgap. I can see that working, right. too, in New England. And then Mac Jones are on your roster next year or yep. something like that. I like it. Okay. Not bad. going with that. Uh, what about the Russell Wilson? You mentioned this off the air. Uh, Russell Wilson's dead cap. I didn't really think about this. $58 million. Fifty-eight million, but that's if he's right. cut. He's not going to. He's not going to get cut. But if if Russell Wilson for some reason was cut, uh, it's fifty-eight million in dead money. That would be negative twenty-six million on the cap for the Seahawks because you know it's fun with all these quarterbacks. But then the reality set in. Uh, now, now if they were to trade him, it's less. It's only thirty-nine million in dead money. But still, they would be eating seven right. million of a cap hit just to trade away the superstar player of all the talk and all the rumors and you know i understand there could be some drama the russell wilson thing is just flat out not happening right i mean that's you trade them you are eating 39 million dollars on a cap that's somewhere between 185 and 200 and you don't have a quarterback (laughs) you know like you got to go pay a quarterback 20 million or whatever or more or you get one back that has a big contract i mean like you can't have 55 million in quarterback money no, you cannot. It's it's I going to be interesting. I, I, there's a lot of things that uh, maneuvering the teams can do with salary cap stuff, and sure. so, and a lot of people call it completely fictitious. I think we're going to find out how true that is this off season. Although maybe if you're correct, Matt, that that cap's going to be a little bit higher. That floor might be a little bit higher than we expect for some teams around the league, which will help everybody out. Because I'm sure some teams are like, oh my gosh, we have to do at least one thing we really did not want to do. Yeah. I, I just want people to realize, though, if you trade Watson or Wilson or some someone that just signed a massive contract in the last year or so, it it destroys your cap. I mean, it's really bad business. It's not good business, and you don't want to continually be kicking the can down the road. Right. I, I mean, even if you create space one example now and, that, and you know you just push a bunch of money into the future, that doesn't help you. It's going to hurt you eventually. Absolutely. I mean, when you do that, when you see these extensions and cap manipulations. It's always for players they trust. You know, I mean, Wilson's a perfect example. Like here in Pittsburgh, it destroyed the team because they trusted Antonio Brown three years ago or so, made him a big deal, put it all forward so they could spend. He went crazy. They cut him and boom, it just destroys your cap. Okay, we really got to move on. Didn't expect to get down this rabbit hole, but that happens. That's what's fun about this podcast and what's fun about this offseason draft ditties. AFC South. AFC uh, South, yes. AFC South draft ditties. What about those Houston Texans? Right, Next right. On Peacock and Williamson. I'm extremely excited to tell everybody about the newest flavors of Built Bars, and they're fantastic. Uh, if you listen to this podcast, you know I love talking about the peanut butter flavor of Built Bar, but they've taken it to the next level with a peanut butter crispy flavor. 160 calories of goodness for the entire bar with 19 grams of protein and only 7 grams of sugar. Built Bars are protein bars that 
feel like you're eating a candy bar. And Coconut Puff Bar, luscious chocolate, soft marshmallow, premium collagen protein blend, 16 grams of protein in the Coconut Puff Bar, only 130 calories and only 6 grams of sugar. Gluten-free, preservative-free. Go to BuiltBar.com for 20% off your next order with promo code Locked on. Again, promo code locked on at builtbar.com for 20% off your next box of built bars. The Texans are fascinating. Are they going to trade Watson? Are they going to cave? Are they going to play this thing out? How do they rebuild this thing? They don't have a first or second round pick this year right now. They absolutely will have some draft picks to play with this year if they did trade Deshaun Watson. But what's the trend right now when it comes to the NFL draft with the Houston Texans? I've noticed this with a couple of the 32 teams that you know, where you, you look at the last handful of years and think, when was their their first pick made? You know, when's their, their average first draft pick selection? Well, over the past three years, Houston's first pick, on average, over the last three years, isn't until 44th overall. I mean, part of that's trading picks for Tunsil and some dumb moves, but you also traded the Andre Hopkins for picks, too. I mean, you traded some of your guys in this process yeah. as well. And that doesn't even factor in this upcoming year where they don't own a first or second round pick. So if I do this next year, we're sitting here on March 1st, 2022, I might say something like over the last four years, the Texans first average starting pick was 55th. You know, like (laughs) they don't pick to win that way. 67. They pick it 67 overall. It's the first draft pick for the Texans this year. And they already, uh, well, and you can see why the roster is, is falling apart so much around Deshaun Watson, who was, uh, you know, the yeah. number 12 pick in the draft. They had to trade up for that too, by the way. So they've had, um, right. A lot of trade ups right. and mortgaging picks. And here's one of the and things, I think one of the things that is somewhat smart, like Bill O'Brien was a coach, not a GM, right. And he got to play GM for a while, but Nick Casario comes over from the Patriots, Bill O'Brien didn't run things the Patriot way. The Patriot way is move down, collect draft picks. Now that uh, they don't have any first round picks this year, but if they were to trade, let's say they trade Deshaun Watson to the Panthers and had that eighth pick, I bet they don't even use the eighth pick. They'd be moving down trying to add more picks. That's the true Patriot way, right? And I have to imagine, you know, as long as they, unless the the right quarterback is there, they're going to be moving down a lot and collecting draft picks in Houston from here on out. That's a good point. I mean, you would hope the trend reverses at this point and says. We need everything. Actually, that leads me to the next team. The next team is really interesting to me, Indianapolis. So check this out. And this, this might even bring on a bigger conversation I've been wanting to talk about. In the three most recent drafts, Indy has made nine second-round picks. That's amazing. Second round picks are so valuable right now in the NFL. They're so valuable right now. You know, I, like you trade out and Washington gets Montez Sweat and uh, they moved back in, in the Nelson deal and pick up a couple seconds here and there, future seconds. And what this leads with, this is like what Houston needs to do. We need to be talking a year or two from now, like, boy, they've made five second round picks in the last two years, you know, those type of things. And this leads me to this conversation because I don't know the exact details of it. But the fifth, it used to be the fifth year option was a wonderful thing to have. People would trade into the first round so that they could pick up a fifth year option, like Baltimore did it for Lamar. And that makes perfect sense. But the rules have changed. And we haven't talked about this enough because I don't know exactly how it works. But the fifth year option might not be beneficial anymore because it's guaranteed. 
it's almost like the franchise tag. Like if your player made the at least one Pro Bowl and you pick up his fifth year option, I think he gets paid the average of the top five at his position. And that's rough. I mean, mm-hmm. that's a big jump. I don't want to half the franchise someone. I don't want to have to pay him that much. I want to just bump them up a little from their fourth year deal to their fifth year deal. So I wonder if people are going to be trading away from the first round, especially at the end of the round and try to accumulate a ton of these second round picks. Cause I often say every draft's different, but on average there's 15, 16, 17 guys that the whole league has a first round grade on after that number 20 versus number 50. They're all in the same pool, at least, you know, generally speaking. So why not pick up as many second-round picks as you possibly can, especially if they're early in the round? Right, and it comes down to positional value, too. I think a lot of positions, this, the, the day-two area, the second-round, third-round area is the right time to draft those positions, and I think wide receiver is one of them. I don't want to derail this entire conversation, but I, I saw something recently that just broke down You know, day-two wide receivers over the last four or so drafts and if you're a smart team you're probably not drafting first round wide receivers you're drafting day two wide receivers just some of the names i want to throw out here uh back to what year is this 2017 was it the juju smith schuster year is that 2017 yeah he's up this year so it's four years ago yeah right so 2017 zay jones went in the second round he hasn't turned out great he's already on his uh what second team third team now um yeah he's a miss right curtis samuel juju smith schuster cooper cup Chris Godwin was in the early third round that year. Kenny Galladay was a little bit after Chris Godwin. That's one draft in the second and third round. Those are star receivers in the league right now. Uh, The next year, there is Cortland Sutton, and there was DJ Chark and Michael Gallup in the third round. Um, There was Debo Samuel, AJ. I mean, in 2019, the second round was absurd. Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, Nicole Hardman. A couple of misses in there. JJ Arcega-Whiteside and... Um, Andy Isabella in front of DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin. Yeah. I mean, that's second and third round in one draft. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, then there's T. Higgins last year, Michael Pittman of the Colts. You mentioned the Colts had a couple second round picks. They ended up trading their first rounder for DeForest Buckner, but still had multiple day two picks. So they could allow themselves to do something like that. And I think they had a hit on some of those draft picks. But T. Higgins. Looks uh, like a nice selection for the Bengals in the second round. Michael Pittman, LaVisca Chenault, KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mibbs, Antonio Gibson, who is you know more running back than wide receiver. Sure. And Bowden's already on his second team. I liked Brian Edwards a lot coming out. I mean, that's a lot of talent on day two and three. Most of those players looking like they had a pretty bright future after their rookie seasons. Oh, without question. And if you go back further, you can come up with names like Michael Thomas and Devontae Adams mm-hmm. and oh, Stephon yeah. Diggs. Yeah, I mean, like Alan some Robinson. of the best receivers in the league. Allen Robinson, yeah. right. I mean, amazing. So, yeah, this is a, a long trend, and I'm sure this draft class won't be any different with a deep group of receivers. And to bring it back to Indy, I know you're not big on first-round running backs, and I 100% get that, but if you're going to use second-round picks on Pittman and Jonathan Taylor – now you're talking. Right, yeah. And so that that's where the, the I always talk about, hey, look, don't even start looking at running backs until the beginning of round three. But I don't think the Colts are going to be upset about going with a second round running back. But I like that better than a first round running back, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And we're seeing a, a ton of those guys. De- DeAndre Swift and um, J.K. Dobbins and Cam Akers. All those guys were second round draft selections. Why are you drafting a running back in the first round? You can find a franchise guy in the second round. Let him roll out his rookie contract after four years. 
cheap. Let him test the free agent market. Go draft a new guy on day two or day three at running back. See, that makes me wonder, are people going to do that at wide receiver now too? You know, like I love Jamar Chase. He's my number one receiver, but am I taking him at three when I'm going to pick third in the second round and maybe I can get Tony or Bateman or, you know what I mean? Like just every year, why am I using an early pick on a receiver when there's 20 good ones in this draft? And in free agency as well, you want that young, cheap talent. Free agent wide receivers are really expensive, and they don't always pan out when a receiver really? signs a new deal with a new team. And sometimes it does pan out, and sometimes it's a, a, a talent that's not replaceable. But, I mean, is the coach and the quarterback and the offensive line and those things still more valuable than wide receiver? I don't know. You can make an argument for that just because of how many good wide receivers there is. There's just the, the market is flooded with talent at that position, which is the big reason why all of this is a factor. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, should people just be drafting quarterbacks and tackles and pass rushers in the top 10? And maybe, you know, maybe mm-hmm. there could be an I mean, argument for that. Metcalf at 66 or oh my the end of the second round. Yeah, it's that's crazy. Like they, we're talking about some superstar wide receivers that were second. AJ Brown, DK Metcalf. I mean, the McLaurin. I mean, they're great crazy. players. Right. Let's see. Where are we? We're in the AFC South. The Jacksonville Jaguars. This is just kind of a credit to their massive ineptitude since 2012. Um, so if you factor in that their first pick this is going to be, I mean, obviously in total contrast to what we talked about with the Texans. If you factor in this year, they're going to use their first overall pick, which they're going to. Since 2012, Jacksonville's average first pick has been 6.8 overall. And that includes, you know, picking 29th in 2018. Now, they have one good year, and otherwise it'd be like in the top five. I mean, that's hard to do, to be that long since 2012. Close to 10 years, on average, you're picking like right around five-ish, you know, with that, with one exceptional year. I mean, that's bad. Yeah. And it's and amazing. None of it, you have nothing to show for it. That's, that's what's the crazy part is it's amazing. You're drafting high. You collect all of this talent and you build something that's good enough to go deep in the playoffs one year and it falls apart just as quickly. And now you have none of the talent left over. You have some draft picks left over at least, but none of the talent is left over from that team that just had you picking uh, three or four years ago at number 29 overall. Yeah. I mean, the Bortles and Ramsey and, Blackman and Fournette and man, I'm, I'm obviously missing a few, but uh, they're high, high picks that aren't even on the team. Fowler. Yeah, there's another one. Good yeah, one. Good Fowler, one. Good top one. three. I mean, oh, the Blackman one. Taven Bryan was that 29th pick oh, and he's been Bryan. a bust. He's right. with the team and Allen looks like he could be a hit, but he's still young. You know, like what do you have to show for it? You're picking that high since 2012 every year. You should be loaded. Absolutely. Let's finish this up. AFC South draft ditties with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, and I would guess this changes, and it really adds up for where this team is right now. It kind of reminds me of my the one I do with the Steelers on Friday. Is eight of the Titans' last of the eight of the last ten first overall picks from their their draft class have been on the offensive side of the ball. So they've only drafted two defensive players. Uh, Justin Simmons and Adoree Jackson off the top of my head that were in their last 10 drafts that were their first pick overall. That's interesting. And one of those is not even well, actually. Yeah. You go, that that's including Marcus Mariota then too, right? Yes. yes yeah. Okay. 
But, I mean, so they have was, their quarterback, but he's, he's not, not the with one. the team. That's right. interesting. Yeah, they ended up with their quarterback, but not because of the one they drafted there. And yeah, they've had problems on the offensive side of the right. ball for so long. They keep adding to that and adding to that and adding to that. That's that's wild. Yeah, and it's the opposite of the Steelers, right? Steelers was defensive player. They were all defense, right? No, they were like nine years in a row of defense. Where this is eight out of ten on offense, and you can see it. I mean, the offense is really good, although they're losing some people. Mm-hmm. The defense is holding them back. That pass. You wonder if you you really need a big sample size, but I wonder if you look at swatches of five, ten, eight years where a team consistently goes one side of the ball, does it pay off with wins? Does it, Yeah, Maybe, you, you can usually you know? see where that side of the ball gets better, but does it pay off with wins? Because in a lot of cases, if you're doing that, you're probably, either it's an organizational philosophy or you're chasing your own tail. And I would assume that drafting uh, 8 out of 10 players as first or second rounders on, on the offensive side of the ball is probably not an organizational philosophy. Probably not. I mean, and it hasn't all been the Vrabel regime, too. Right. So that mm-hmm. puts a wrench in things. You know, Steelers are a little different. I'm trying to think who some of those guys are. I mean, Corey Davis, Isaiah Wilson, Mariota, Conklin, um, Lawan. So they drafted ah, three yes. tackles. Yeah. No one was leaving. You know, so it's not all bad. Those aren't horrible players, you know, but it's a questionable. It just kind of shows where the team is right now. Right. And so we mentioned the quarterback. One of those was a quarterback who's gone. They have a different quarterback that that hit on them for Tannehill and not Mariota. Their wide receiver and Corey Davis might be out now this year and walk in free agency. Mm -hmm. Only one of those three tackles is going to be on the team, right? Isaiah Wilson is going to be out the door as well. Yeah. Good point. So yeah, they don't have a ton to show for it either, but they've won games lately. And you know, their offense has no problems, so it's worked in the short term at least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, kind of like the Steelers. Steelers have won a lot of games lately. I mean, it, it, that's why I'm curious. Does it work or not to really attack one side of the ball over a five- to ten-year period and get really strong there? And what's funny about Tennessee is they got their quarterback for nothing. I think Tannehill was like for a fifth-round pick. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's amazing. Yeah, all those yeah. resources. And then the, the one that's the most valuable was just a, a throw away from another team in a fifth-round draft pick. Yeah, and then they use a second-rounder on Henry. <laughs> Love it. Okay, good stuff. Those were the AFC South draft ditties. We'll continue and finish up the AFC tom- tomorrow or Wednesday. We've got to get to your questions Probably, yeah. tomorrow. Let's try to do a full mailbag episode for our Twitter Tuesday, our two-minute drill tomorrow. Tag me at BD Peacock. Tag Matt at Williamson NFL. We will get to your questions about the league, the draft, free agency, anything you want to get into. Let us know, and we'll talk about it tomorrow, or you could just reply to the tweet that Matt is about to send out right now, and we'll talk to you then right here at Peacock and Williamson.